Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. This morning, I get to conclude our I Am series. We started this nine weeks ago. You may remember that I actually started this series on Bathurst weekend. And if you remember, I talked about Craig Lowndes and I talked about Scott McLaughlin. And if you remember, well actually you may not remember because it's happening today. Today is the very last race of the season. And the championship's been locked away. First place is decided. Second place, locked away, decided. Third place, Scotty McLaughlin and the Volvo are still there. They're still in the running. And so for the last race today, let's get the Volvo up. No, just me. Still, still just me. Just me, all right. For the past two months, we have been looking at what Jesus has said about himself. In the very first week, I had the privilege of opening this series and we looked at I am the bread of life. And as we compared Jesus and the bread, we talked about the fact that Jesus brings sustenance, Jesus brings satisfaction, and Jesus brings strength, just like natural bread does to our body. In the second week, Pastor Tony spoke and he spoke on I am the way, the truth and the life. And he spoke about that Jesus himself is the way to the Father's house. He spoke about the truth of the Father's heart and he spoke about us having life through the Father's help. In week three, Pastor Kath came and she spoke about I am the door. And if you remember, it was all about the context of being a shepherd, bringing their sheep into a fold. And the sheep would come in, and then the shepherd themselves would lie across the entrance, thus making themselves the door of that sheepfold. And for her, she spoke about that Jesus himself is the door of access, the door of protection, the door of security, and a door of freedom. In week four, Pastor Tony continued that same discourse. So we talked about I am the door, and then Tony took that to I am the good shepherd. And if you remember, the good shepherd loves us, the good shepherd leads us, the good shepherd looks after us, and the good shepherd lays down his life for us. In week five, I had the privilege of sharing again, I am the light of the world. You may remember I had a lantern up here on stage. We turned all the lights out. And when we did that, we were talking about the fact that light captivates, light reveals, light guides, and light transforms. And in the same way, Jesus does those things as well. In week six... Pastor Tony, I am the resurrection and the life. And you may remember, this is the game changer. Because without the resurrection, everything that we do here is pointless. 
All right? It makes no sense to do what we do without worshipping a resurrected Jesus. And Pastor Tony spoke about the fact that this resurrection life is now. This resurrection life is all-powerful. It's for believers and it moves us to action. Last week, week seven, Tony spoke about I am the vine. And if you remember, there was just one word, just one word, remain, remain in him. And Pastor Tony spoke about if we remain, we will live, we will grow, and we will bear fruit. Personally, I have loved this series. I've loved this series because truth has been the engine of this series. If I take you back to last week, Pastor Tony put an illustration up on stage, sorry, on screen, where we had a little train, where we had truth as the engine, and we had feelings, past, future as our carriages. And I've loved this series because this series has been I am. This series has been Jesus in his own words. And it's been about making sure that truth is always the start of the carriage, the start of the train. But more than that, I've loved this series because of its application. I have found rest in this series. How, you might ask? Well, let's look at week one, when I shared on I am the bread of life. We spoke about Jesus being our sustenance, our satisfaction and our strength. And I've found rest because I don't have to find anything else to give those things to me. All I need to do is rest in God because that's what God brings to the table. When... Pastor Kath spoke about, I am the door. We, look, we found out that Jesus is the door of access, the door of protection, the door of security, and the door of freedom. I've found rest because I can just sit in that. I don't need to find my security anywhere else. I don't need to find my freedom anywhere else. And in actual fact, if I chase security and freedom... Anywhere else, I usually do myself a massive disservice because I end up putting my security in the wrong thing. And when your security is in the wrong thing, it will always let you down. But we can rest that Jesus himself brings us security. Last week, I am the vine. It's brought rest Because I know that I don't have to try and squeeze out fruit. It's not my job to squeeze out fruit. It's my job to remain. And all I have to do is stay connected. That's it. That's it. So I can rest knowing that if I've got a good connection, the rest is going to take care of itself. So for me personally, the application of this series has been huge. Isn't it amazing? Again, 
We've used it as the catch cry of this series. When you know who Jesus is, you know who he's calling you to be. And we can find rest in what Jesus says he is. Today, we are going to finish this series. And we're going to look at the I am statement that's a little bit different to the rest. Because the rest of the I am statements is I am something. But today, we're going to look at the I am statement before Abraham was born... I am. Now, I need to give you a little bit of context about what's happening here. Because we're going to read a portion of scripture which is reasonably long. And in actual fact, we're going to be moving into a portion of scripture mid argument. So, Jesus and the Jews are having this full on argument. And we're going to pick up the story halfway through. Now, how many of you know picking up a story halfway through an argument? is not usually a good idea. How many of you have walked in on someone else arguing? How awkward has it gotten? Right? You walk in, it's like, okay, moonwalk out. And the two people that are having their argument, they don't know what to do. It's sort of like, hi. But nonetheless, we're going to pick up mid-argument. This argument is going over or recorded over a chapter and a half in the Bible. And we're going to pick it up in John 8 and we're going to look at verses 48 to 59. The Jews answered him, Aren't we right in saying that you are a Samaritan and demon-possessed? There's a good place to start, right? I am not possessed by a demon, said Jesus, but I honour my father and you dishonour me. I am not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Very truly I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death. At this they exclaim, now we know that you are demon possessed. Abraham died and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, who you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I did not, I would be a liar, like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You're not even 50 years old, they said to him. And you have seen Abraham? Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. Can you see the anger? 
in the Jews' eyes. Can you feel the hatred that they were feeling right at that moment? The Bible says they picked up stones to stone him. They wanted to kill him. In our context, that means they pulled a gun. Literally, that's what it means. And then you have to ask, why? Why were they so angry at this point? And they were angry for two reasons. One is, Jesus just picked on Abraham. Abraham was their hero. Abraham was the father of their faith. Abraham was born some 2,000 years before that. And the Jews took great pride in being able to say, I'm son of so-and-so, who was son of so-and-so, who was son of so-and-so, who was son of Abraham. Abraham was where they found their identity. Abraham was the pinnacle apart from God. But then Jesus went that step further and said, yeah, and I'm God too. So not only have you picked on our hero, but you then also picked on our God. And that, you're set, that basically Jesus has said, I am God. In the Jews' eyes, that made them blasphemers. There's a fancy word. Blaspheming is literally claiming to be God. And that's what got them so incensed because the penalty for blasphemy is death. And if that's the penalty for blasphemy, then we need to pull a gun. Well, pick up a stone to try and kill him. Can you feel the frustration of Jesus? The Son of God just got accused of being demon-possessed. How far away from the truth do you have to be to go, son of God? Nah, demon. They called him a Samaritan. Yet, we know he was born in Bethlehem. How far away from the truth do you need to be to call the son of God who was born in Bethlehem, demon-possessed and a Samaritan. And Jesus is there going, guys, come on, don't you get it? Drop your pride. Come on, guys. Put the truth at the front of the train again. At the moment, it's past. At the moment, it's feelings. Put it aside. Because God himself is right in front of you. Can't you just see it? But no, they couldn't. The Jews were offended. The Jews were mid-argument. The fingers were out. The stones were up. The Jews couldn't see it. When Jesus said, before Abraham was born, I am, he made that statement into one of the most heated, emotional situations recorded in Scripture. And yet, you have to ask the question, how does that apply to us today? 
See, when Jesus said, before Abraham was born, I am, he's actually saying, I'm Lord of your past. See, for those who are in school here at the moment, how many of you are taking English? How many of you know, before Abraham was born, I am, is not good English? Do we have teachers here in this room? Who, who reads this scripture and goes, oh, that irks me. That frustrates me. It's, it's before Abraham was born, I was. That's correct language, Jesus. You can't mix tenses like that. Doesn't work. And yet if we do that, we completely miss the point of what Jesus is trying to communicate with us here. You see, before Abraham was born, I am. Hebrews 13.8, and Dan referred to this earlier when he was hosting. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You see, for Jesus, it's not just before Abraham was, I am. It's before Noah was, I am. It's before Adam and Eve was, I am. It's before creation was, I am. And even if you hone in on that... It's before the animals was, I am. It's before the plants, I am. It is before light, I am. Jesus is saying, I am Lord over the past. You see, the reality is, is that we all have a BC. We all have a before Christ. You see, for me, before Christ... I was rude, I was disobedient, I was a liar, I was a cheat, I was a thief, I had anger issues, I punched, I kicked, I lashed out, and all by the age of five. <laughs> that laughter... Don't minimise it. Don't minimise this. I was a good kid. I was cute. I was adorable. I was a dirty, rotten little sinner. Let's not minimise the sin that is in our life. Now, you might be sitting there right now going, oh, but Ashley, that's kid stuff. We all did that. That's the point. The point is, is that it's all kids' stuff and we all have this natural bent towards sin. And it's the sin in our life that Jesus came to deal with. You may be sitting there going, oh, but Ashley, I've done so much more than that. There's been drugs, there's been alcohol, there's been sex, there's been porn, there's been gossip, there's been slander. I've cheated. Yep. 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 Let's take all of those things and let's put it in one big bag and let's just put sin on it. Because those extra things that you might be saying, oh, but I've done, it's all in the bag. See, Jesus came to deal with the bag labelled sin. 
Jesus is Lord over our past. You see, it's sin that's humanity's biggest problem. When you woke up this morning and went, oh, it's meant to rain today. What am I going to wear? My hair's going to frizz. Uh, that's not your biggest problem. That's not the biggest problem. When you got in your car this morning and went, oh, geez, I wish, wish I had a new car. That'd be nice. Your car's not your biggest problem. Your financial situation is not your biggest problem. The relationships that you have or don't have, that's not your biggest problem. The biggest problem we have is this bag of sin that's in our life. And sin has one solution. Forgiveness. And it's only forgiveness from someone who can actually forgive that's actually going to deal with this bag of sin. And Jesus came and he said, you know what? I want to forgive you. That bag of sin, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Whatever you've got in your bag, it's different to someone else's, doesn't matter. Give that bag to me and let me take it because I am. Lord of the past. The great thing about it, the amazing thing about it, God not only wants to forgive you, he has the power to forgive you. And his forgiveness is instant. Happens in a moment. The weight of that bag can be gone in a moment. It's completely undeserved. It's not because I'm a good person. You know I'm not. It's not because of what I've done or not done. It's purely based on Jesus himself. And Jesus himself offers an invitation. Let me take that bag of sin from you. It's complete. His forgiveness is complete. It's gone. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west, that's how far I will separate your sin from you. Instantaneous, undeserved, and complete. And all we need to do is ask, and he will take that bag from us. The kicker, not only does he take that bag from us, he also gives us a clear conscience. We don't have to still live under a weight of, oh, I did that. No. Jesus takes that weight with the sin. And he allows us to live clear and to live clean. Jesus, I am Lord of your past. Secondly, he's Lord of our present. See, as I meet with people, it's amazing how many people are just wrestling with their present? Why? Because the present is the most important time we have. It's only in the present that we can make decisions. It's only in the present that we can change our course. It's only in the present that we can experience God's love firsthand. It's always the present that God meets us. And so, therefore, we need to guard our present. 
as we meet people in the cafe today. It may have even happened this morning. You ask someone how they're going and their response is, oh, busy. You ask a little bit further, how are you coping? Not. Really? Stressed? Burnt out? Feeling the pressure of this season? It's the present that Jesus can come and speak into. Jesus comes not only to help us manage our problems, he comes not only to deliver us from our sin, but as Pastor Tony spoke about the resurrection, he comes to give us an empowered life. The resurrection life is now. The resurrection life is all-powerful. The resurrection life is for those who believe. The resurrection life is an empowered life that we can live now. But Ashley, you don't understand. I don't feel empowered. Ah, cool. Feelings, carriage of the train. Truth at the engine. Oh, but Ashley, you don't understand. All this stuff. No, no, past. Carriage of the train. Truth, engine of the train. The truth is that Jesus comes to empower us to live out our present. In Philippians 4 verse 13, in the Good News translation, it says, I have the strength to face all conditions by the power Christ gives me. There's power available. There's strength available for all of our situations. As we spoke about with the vine, to access this power, all we need to do is remain. Stay connected to the vine and then allow Jesus to bring the power in to help us with our present. So Jesus, Lord of our past, Lord of our present, is also Lord of our future. Again, as I meet with people, people are filled with a lot of fear and a lot of uncertainty about the future. For some, it's personal. Oh, what if? What if my children go off the rails later in life? What, what, what will I do? Or, or what if? You know, my parents' health isn't, isn't what it needs to be and, and we need to do something. Or, or, or what if? Maybe it's financially. Well, well, at the moment, it's, it's so unstable. What if my superannuation isn't enough for me to live on? What if things go bad? What if politically things go against the church? What happens if persecution breaks out? What if? And the final question, well, what about death? What if? What's going to happen when I pass away? You see, human nature is that we try and think of all the bases, 
cover all the bases and then work out all the contingencies around all the bases. Why do we do that? Because by nature, we're control freaks. By nature, we project into the future and we try and think of every possible issue and every possible angle around every possible issue. And what we end up doing is using today's grace on problems that won't ever happen and on contingencies that we're never going to need. We drown in what if because there will always be a million of them. And Jesus says to all those what ifs, just stop. Just stop. Because I am Lord of your future. You're robbing your present to stress about a future that's not going to happen. And all you need to do is take a step back and rest. Allow the I am to speak into your present. Trust the I am to take care of your future because your future is secured. Beyond that, our future is actually guaranteed. You see, our destination has already been set. Our end point is already known. You see, heaven is our home. When Pastor Tony spoke about I am the way, the truth, and the life, he spoke about Jesus showing us the way to God's house. And ultimately, that's the way to our house. Heaven is our home. Our future is not only secure, our future is guaranteed. We know what's going to happen. We know that when death comes we're going to be welcomed home. We know that Jesus is going to be there waiting himself. The Bible says that he is going to wipe away every tear. The Bible says that he is going to welcome us in. Good and faithful servant. Our future is secured and our future is guaranteed. We need to take that step back we need to allow ourselves to rest that God, I am, has our past, our present, and our future all covered. If I can ask the band to come. We don't need to fear death. Death is a homecoming for us. We don't, more often than not, it's not the fear of death, it's the fear of everything we didn't get done that drives us. Rest. Death is a homecoming, welcomed into heaven. What we didn't get done, Jesus, I am, covers all of it. As we bring this series to a close, I want to leave you with a bonus I am statement. In Revelation, as the Bible is drawing to a close in the last few paragraphs, penned by John, the same person that penned the words that we've been looking at over the last two months. In Revelation 22, verses 12 to 13, it says, Look, I'm coming soon. 
my reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. All things hang together in Christ because when you know who he really is, you'll know who he's calling us to be. Amen. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 